Hub Hopper Originals. This is his first ball. Through the gap, on the offside, listen to it. Hey, good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you are in the world. Swagat hai aapka to your weekly dose of cricket via the cricketnews.com podcast with me, Sumed Bilgi. First things first, I want to thank you for making this podcast one of the most listened shows on Hubhopper during the month of June. So, Dubara, thank you so very much for all your listening. But hey, make sure this happens in the months to come as well. On episode 8 of season 1 of the podcast, we talk about the latest from Asia Cup, a rainy return to cricket, and the guest on this episode is one of the world's most experienced sports psychologists who says well done to MS Dhoni for speaking about mental health in cricket, but a lot can be done via sports psychology to improve player performances. This is one conversation you do not want to miss. Alright, let's get on with this edition of the cricketnews.com podcast. Alright, short and quick monologue on this episode. Not only because there are just one or two developments in the news, but also because I want to get quickly to the guest on the episode. Our top story is the return to cricket, which received a rather rain-marred response to say the least. England or West Indies utre to the maidan mein with a lot of enthusiasm, lekin day one par sabke excitement par thoda pani sa phir gaya. Mm, quite literally. However, over the course of the next few days, seeing the ball beat the bat and the sound of a well-timed cover drive was a welcome addition to say the least. Like we had predicted initially, kaate ki takkar hone wali hai between these two teams. So let's see how things pan out in Manchester where the next two test matches will be played. The other story is the cancellation of the Asia Cup. Saurav Ganguly on his birthday this week confirmed the same to Vikrant Gupta on an Instagram live. It was an expected move to be honest with the pandemic still being in force in the Asian subcontinent. And so the wait to see Team India back on the field continues. So speaking in terms of cricket, July has been a bit of a mixed bag, right? While it has a plethora of birthdays like MS Dhoni's birthday, like Saurav Ganguly's birthday, like Sunil Gavaskar's birthday, and it also saw the return of cricket, which are all good things, the cancellation of events continue to happen, which is a cause of worry for cricket, especially in the Indian subcontinent. Now, speaking of MS Dhoni, a month or so ago, Dhoni spoke about something that left a few people shocked and others in admiration for the man. And I belong to the latter. Dhoni spoke about how India has a problem with accepting mental health issues in cricket. When he first said that, everyone feels nervousness, including himself, and that there needs to be the presence of an expert to guide the players. I was taken aback and mostly in admiration for MS Dhoni, who spoke about a topic that doesn't get spoken about a lot. And my guest on tonight's episode agrees with the fact that sports psychologists cannot just be given 20 days at a franchise and for results to follow, but says sports psychology and mental health wellness can not only take the perceived stressful state of mind of a player and change it to a blissful state but also improve the player in terms of the player's on-field performances. I'm joined tonight by someone with seven university qualifications, who has experience of working with 13 international teams, including Afghanistan cricket and Sri Lanka cricket, apart from spending time in other sports as well. And he has two black belts to his name, which will keep me away from him. But uh, hey, he's a nice guy. 
I'm joined on tonight's episode to talk about why we haven't embraced sports psychology and mental health in cricket thus far by sports psychologist Adrian McKinman. You're listening to the cricketnews.com podcast. So, like I said, I have many questions, right? But one very important question uh, that I want to lead in with is this what is a kiwi sports psychologist after spending 13 after spending time with 13 boards and associations among other sports teams many publications doing in a village so remote in sri lanka that we have to be awake at 2 a.m to receive a signal to record this podcast <laughs> oh what a great startup question buddy that's really cool well let's put it this way I, I could see the writing on the door. My contract with um, Zimbabwe had just finished, and what they do is they fly the, ex, the expats in and out when they need them sort of thing. So, for instance, the coach um, of Zimbabwe, he's Indian. He, is, uh, he, he flew out to India, and I flew off to Sri Lanka. And why I'm in Sri Lanka is that I love the place. It's uh, amazing. It's um, one of the most beautiful places on the planet. But I, I could see that, hey, the, the, this virus could be potentially really quite a big event. And mm. so I decided that what I'd do is I'd go off to somewhere away from Colombo and, and basically be really safe. So where I am is absolutely lovely place. It's overlooking a lake. It's really gorgeous. And I'm having a ball of a time here. I sat down on the very first day and decided, okay, I suspect this is going to go on for at least a couple of months um don't know what's going to go on but let's make the most of it you know and that's one of the things i say to all my clients is that don't view this as a negative situation view this as a fantastic opportunity to do all sorts of things you wouldn't normally do and that's exactly what i'm doing um there are various boards that are talking about beginning camps so is the bcci the ecb is so is cricket australia others as well Cricket Sri Lanka as well, where you are right now, it has been calling India to, you know, say, come on, host the IPL here, come for a bilateral series. But the ancillary effect to this, do you reckon there's an ancillary effect to this of the players might be feeling a little afraid to go back to being on the pitch because of the virus still being out there? Just like the general population, you're going to have a variety of opinions and a variety of levels of fear. If you had absolutely no fear whatsoever about the virus, well, um, there's only one word for you. It's called either uneducated or idiot. I mean, clearly, you need to be a little concerned about the situation. Yeah, yeah. That would be, it's just no, it's no different from general life. If you have absolutely no fear in life whatsoever, you're an idiot mm. and you're not going to last mm. long on this planet. You're going to die because why? You won't have any fear when you walk across the road. So you won't look left. You won't look right. However, if you have a whole lot of fear about it, well, now you're going to cause yourself no end of grief and, and end up, even if you do go, you won't perform as well. So, right. you know, it's like everybody in the community. Sure. Yeah. Be vigilant. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Be sensible. Make good decisions. But at the same time, Keep your emotions under control. Stay happy, stay positive, stay mentally tough and make the best decisions you can under the circumstance at the time. Mm. Right. So that's obviously individually how the players should go about it. What do you reckon boards, coaches, 
you know, essentially the people who are responsible to look after, you know, the athletes, how do they go about the situation, you know, given that players are different, they're in remote spaces, they're not in immediate contact. How do they keep, how do these guys keep, you know, our cricketers happy at the moment? Well, the the coaches, it depends how long the, the coach has known the, known the players. If the coach has known them for a long time, they're not psychologists. Mm-hmm. They're not trained to be psychologists, but they get to know, you know, how to interact with one person different from another because of different peculiarities of the player. So one of the advantages that coaches have is they spend a huge amount of time. that they, they, they learn how to communicate with different players different ways. But at the end of the day, they're not a psychologist, and so they're, they're only guessing as to what, what is the best thing for them to say. Um, mm. yeah, and so obviously, if you have a trained professional with the team at the time, then that professional can help the player probably way better than the coach. I mean, after mm-hmm. all, um, when you have a dental problem, do you go see an architect? So <laughs> therefore, if, if you've got a, a, issue, a mental issue of one kind or another, be it just a little bit of fear, be it mm. confidence, be it um, goal setting, be it whatever, do you go see a coach? Or do you go see a professional? Yeah. Now, I'm not yeah. saying coaches aren't professional, but coaches are professional at other things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this moves really nicely into into what I wanted to talk to you about. MS Dhoni's come out and spoken about uh, how there is a bit of weakness about accepting mental health illnesses in the cricketing space in India. Yuvrat Singh's had a couple of opinions as well in the same space. Um, you know, Mohammad Shami's come out and spoken about it as well. Um, and also, there have also been opinions about a bit of a change towards dealing with mental health in cricket post, you know, the pandemic once we're back. Well, firstly, I have to really congratulate Dhoni. Well, good for him. You know, he showed some courage to be willing to talk about a topic that some people who are a little bit more uneducated, a little bit more ignorant to life would not really appreciate. The, mm. the reality is good for Dhoni that he was willing to speak out and say his mind about a topic that some people might yeah, denigrate him by saying, oh, isn't he weak, etc. And so good for him. That, that's the first thing I'd say. Um, what else? I, um, I'd say that India is one of the best places to do cricket psychology in many respects. And where my proof comes from that, I had the pleasure of working with Rajasthan Cricket Association. And when I was working mm-hmm. with them, I had something like 65 people in the room, but there was only two who spoke English of the players. Uh, there was the staff members spoke English to varying degrees, but all right. the players, there was only two who spoke English and mm-hmm. everybody else spoke Hindi. But right. you should have seen the faces in the room and you should have seen the obedience. It was amazing. Everybody right. was just glued to me. We did three to four hour sessions every day of the week. We didn't have a break. Most, most places, wow. you have to give them a break after a couple of hours. But no, 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 not in India. Well, at least not in Jaipur. It was phenomenal. Mm. They, were, they, were, they were so intent on listening. And anything I asked them to do, they just did it. They're very easy to work with. Very easy to work with. And so it's, it's ironic that on the one hand, Dhoni and many others have said that it's a little culturally 
difficult to have conversations about psychology. And yet when I worked with them, I found it was anything but. It was, it was actually very easy. I mean, I've worked with Afghanistan, and you'll find that they are a little bit more closed-minded than the Indians, who are extremely easy to work with. Um, so Dhoni's saying something that I am sure many people it's resonating with. It's just nobody really seems to talk about it as much in India as they should. But no, you're, you're not, and things are not going in the right way at the moment in terms of training. Hmm. What MS Dhoni also said, uh, right, was that we don't give sports psychologists enough time with cricket teams. Um, what I want to understand is, despite such progress in understanding the human mind, what's stopping us from embracing sports psychology and uh, mental wellness in cricket? Psychologically, we, in terms of the research, we have really progressed massively. Mm. But we're not right. actually doing it because there's so much resistance from the, the suits and the track suits. And what I mean by that, the suits are the administrators who say something like, when I was allowed, I didn't need a shrink to tell me how to kick a football sort of thing. Mm. Yeah. And the track suits are the coaches who they tend to be very resistant to give sports psychologists enough time with the players to have a massive impact and yet the sad thing is a cricket psychologist who's really experienced and really good can can change a player far more than any coach can and mm. and there's a good reason for that i mean if you are an international cricketer and you've played say at least 30 games do you honestly think that a coach can come along and improve your performance by more than one or two percent mm. the answer hopefully is no right yeah, not hopefully but not. the answer will be no it is right? no. Yeah, yeah. yeah, of course it yeah. is. But I can go along, see a vice captain who's going to be one of the, the best players in the team and hasn't, and hasn't you would think, not likely to be, be able to change much and then change, change the person's performance by 31% in just six weeks. Wow. Now, you think about wow. that. So, let me ask you on, mm -hmm. on, on national radio, uh, do you have a mission statement? A vision statement, a purpose statement. Do you I have do. worked out what your values are? Have you have you created yes. definitions of them? Have you do you do an have you got an elevator communication, which means that you you can say you at a moment's notice you can say your conversation to anybody to introduce you, to introduce yourself to them. Mm. Do you have yes. a motto? Yes. Do do you visualize yourself? Doing yes. or achieving your long-term goals? Do you keep your eyes closed and visualize the five things that are most important for you to do in the next 24 hours, et cetera, et cetera? Mm. The reality mm. is that's just that's just one uh, a, a few real simple techniques. There's so many other things out there that you can do from the psychology world that could make you a so much better journalist, and it's no different for a cricketer. And yet your point is valid. Cricket has changed massively since the 70s. Now there's three versions of the game, not one version of the game. You play uh, under floodlights that was never done before, etc., etc. The game has massively changed. And yet the right. way that we administrate it is not fundamentally changed with the times as well. And certainly we don't have the experts that we really need. Yes, we now have coaches that maybe 50, 70, 80 years ago we didn't really have. They are fitness trainers now, but we don't yeah. use... The part of the brain, we don't train the part of the body that's most important, the best. 
Let's head into a quick break. Up next, more insights from Adrian about helping young cricketers deal with success and criticism. Plus, why cricket is a sport that involves more thinking than any other sport. Do not go anywhere. You're listening to the cricketnews.com podcast. Welcome back post the break. We're in the middle of a terrific conversation with sports psychologist Adrian McKinman. Um another uh, very significant area you know in Indian cricket and you must have noticed that over the last not last couple of years actually it's been around for a while it began from a certain Sachin Tendulkar is teenage sensations right young cricketers at the age of 16, 17, 18, 20, 21, 23, making it really, really big right at the very go. And the expectations around these guys, the Shafali Varmas, uh, the Rishabh Pants, the Hardik Pandyas, all of these guys, you know, they're absolute superstars already in Indian cricket. Um, and these guys are subjected to insane amount of criticism. Um, they're always told what to do. They're judged for having a lot of money already. Um, so there's a lot happening around these guys. And and Yuvrat Singh the other day came out and said, listen, so the coaches can only do as much, but we need a specific resource to come in and work with the younger players, right? Um, how do you look at the situation and what's your stance on this matter? Oh, well, Brian Lara explained this very well years ago. Um, mm-hmm. is, is Brian Lara the kind of guy that you envisage as having very strong mental toughness? It seems like, yeah, for someone who has yeah, scored 400 runs in an innings, absolutely. Exactly. And yet, if you actually read um, either bo- um, or read biographies about him, you'll mm-hmm. find that he's opened up and said it was his mental weakness that caused him to fail in his younger days because mm-hmm. all of a sudden he starts breaking records and doing extremely well, and then the journalists will hide in the bushes outside his house and he wasn't used to that, and so he, he, wow. he, he messed up a bit. Yes, you have had a question of a doubt. If you've got a guy who's 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, as you mentioned, and is really starting to do well, well, yeah. they're going to come under a huge amount of scrutiny in one form or another, be it a journalist hiding in the bushes or whatever. And if they are not prepared for that, if nobody has helped them get ready for things like that, well, they're going to struggle. Everybody will struggle. I mean, if there was right. somebody hiding in the bush every night when you come home, are you going to uh, handle that well? Yeah, that's no, not creepy. Initially. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So if somebody as strong as Brian Lara can admit that, you know, I didn't handle the situation as well because I was mentally weak, well, that says something. And it, it indicates, you know, it goes back to, would you, would you go see an architect for dental issues. No way. No. Yeah. So don't go see a coach. Don't go see a fitness trainer for mental issues. Yeah, absolutely. I've noticed that the Jayawadanas, the Dravids, the Tendulkars and the Laras of the world have always maintained that it's about winning the mental battle before you replicate on the field in cricket. Can you explain the dynamics around uh, the mental side of cricket, which is talked about so much? It's time to move on in the cricket world. It's cricket is fantastic. It's one of the most thinking sports on the planet. And one of the cool things about cricket, it's, an actually, it's actually a very easy game. You think about it. Where does the ball come from when you're batting? One direction. And yeah. what, are the, what are the motor mechanics used to hit a hook, a, hook, a pull, a drive? They're not that dissimilar. Mm. However, let's now take soccer. 
The ball comes from 360 degrees. You can use any different parts of the body. It could be the head, it could be your, um, your chest, it can be you know, your legs, whatever. It's a much more technically Com difficult yeah. game in terms yeah. of variety. But mm. what makes cricket so cool is we give you time. Right. We give you time in between a ball. So a ball's bowled, you play a bad shot. And now you've got time to think negatively. Then you, another <laughs> ball is bowled and you make another mistake and you've got more time to think negatively. And the same thing for the bowler. They get hit for six and now they're thinking, they potentially are thinking negatively. Then we give you an end of an over. More time to think. The drinks come on. More time to sabotage yourself by negative thinking. Then there's lunch. More time to sabotage yourself. And if you're in a four or five day game, well, now you've got all night to think negatively about your stupidity, et cetera, et cetera. And that's the cool thing about cricket is mm. yeah, it's a great game to watch, but it's so mental. And yeah. that's the difference between the great and the super great. They're the super great have worked it out, but there's very few who've worked it out. Say somebody like Viv Richards. Amazing. Mm. He worked it out for himself that he said something along the lines of, I don't care if people think I look a bit cocky in the way I walk out to bat. I know I'm good and I'm going to do well. And that's the sort of attitude that you have to have. But not everybody has that attitude because of life circumstances. And that's where I come in. I help people not as good as Viv Richards or even potentially better than Viv Richards to do even better by learning to think in a more effective manner. I mean, yeah. I, one of the things that um, we really need to to get past is psychologists uh, in the sports world are not here to help you with so much your problems. We're yeah. here to take you from wherever you are in life, which is usually pretty good, and we help you go even better. I mean, at the end of the yeah. day, we're not working at a you are at a, a zero and look at, or minus ten and trying to get you up to a two or three out of ten. You're probably a seven eight already, and we're trying to get you to nine point nine. And so what we should be looking at is this is not counseling. This is not therapy. This is not helping you with your problems. What we're doing is helping you become a much better version of yourself and superseding all of your dreams Yeah. by training you. This yeah. is not sit you on the couch and ask you about your problems. This is not having a nice, pleasant little conversation. What we should really be doing is training you. Okay, so let, let me do um, give you an example of how powerful, really top-notch, state-of-the-art, highly impacting sports psychology can be. I went to Sri Lanka Cricket. I right. had a couple of contracts with them. And when I was there, I worked with the female team for about six weeks. Mm. I worked with the vice captain. And the vice captain, on my very last day, said told me the following. She said, when I was... Uh, when I, on my very first, Adrian's very first day, the best I'd ever done was score 99 runs and bat the first 35 of 50 over matches. And she wouldn't do any more than 35 overs because she got so aggressive she'd get herself out. Mm. She did roughly 20 sessions with me. Some of them were in group sessions, some were one, one on one. And at the end of it, she's up to 143. That's wow. a 31% improvement in only six weeks. Furthermore, she told me that she batted all 50 overs on two occasions in just six weeks. Now, if I can improve a, perform a, a vice captain by 30 and 31% in just six weeks, and here's the best part about the story. 
She told me that I, she only understood one in every two words I said. Because <laughs> her That's English a wasn't story. that good. That's and a my singular story. wasn't yeah. that good. And yeah. what she actually told me was she could feel what I was saying. Mm. You know, the reality is that all the passion and excitement and energy I bring is I don't just bring the PowerPoint slides. I don't just bring my techniques. I bring myself as well. And that when this is the thing that you are most... Um, this is the thing that you love and this is the thing that you that you dream about and think about and do all the time. There's nothing else I care about more than this. Many more stories on the cricketnews.com podcast. Uh, do stay with us, please. Welcome back to the cricketnews.com podcast. I'm joined on this episode by former Afghanistan and Sri Lanka cricket's sports psychologist, Adrian McKinman. You know, I've spent a little time around players and I cannot fail. I, I cannot I cannot stop myself from from observing that we have this tendency to make them look like alpha males. Right. Like the you know, these guys, we make them look like they're superstars and they're, you know, absolute heroes of the country who represent the country at the international level. Um, and, and that tendency is there in India. Uh, it's also there in other parts of the world as well. Do you think that approach towards, you know, towards looking at our players is does have ancillary effects on the players? And how can we sort of uh, deal with this in a better way to ensure that the players are well? Well, what you're talking about is perceptions. I think what you'll find is that if you actually sat down with the vast majority of international cricketers, none of them, or such a few number, are really what you would call an alpha, ma alpha male. And just somehow people in the media and people in the public see them as alpha males or whatever else you want to see them for that matter. And they're, they're not. They're not. What you'll find is the average international cricketer has life concerns just like you and me. They worry Good. about their family. They worry about their wife. They worry about their kids. They want the best for their kids. They want the best for their girlfriend. They want, um, they're, they're human. They want to have a drink once in a while. They want to have sex once in a while. They want to have a normal life. And yeah. what you'll find also is that the confidence level of the vast majority of them is nowhere near as high as you would think they would be. Yes, yeah. you, do, you do get some who are truly, truly confident. And so yeah. what you actually what you'll find is I, I don't see this alpha male thing, but what I do see is some, not many, but there are some who really think they know it all. And so they don't want to talk, sit down and talk to somebody like me because they just think they know it all. And, you mm -hmm. know, there's a, there's a few who are self-taught and have done exceptionally well and getting paid a whole lot of money. And and what's happening is they're actually scared. These highly successful, highly paid cricketers, some of them are just simply scared. What do I mean by that? They're scared to sit down with some, a professional and talk about things and, and see if there's a potential for them to become even more successful, even better. Why? They don't want to rock the boat. They found a formula that works for them and they don't really want to change. And they don't want yeah. to admit that the media may make them sound like they are and public may talk about them and think they are gods and that. But the reality is, you know, it looks like a uh, envious, wonderful life. Live in five-star hotels, jet here, yeah. jet there, have the groupies and all the rest of it. And don't get me wrong, there is that stuff going on. But have you ever got on a flight from, 
India to uh, Dubai, Dubai to Joburg, Joburg to Harare, etc. Yeah. It's not pleasant. It's not easy. Cattle, it's not easy. In cattle class, yeah. it's unpleasant. Yeah. And you, you, you are quite sleep deprived by, by the time you've got to the last flight. And uh, all you want to do is lie down in bed. By the time you get yeah. there, you're so wired, you can't. It's, it's unpleasant. And so when yeah. you've done it a few times, you know, they're, they're, it may seem like a, a really cool lifestyle. And yes, don't get me wrong, the jacuzzi at the five-star hotel is great. But yeah, it's not uh, it's not quite what, what it seems. And so um, this business about alpha males, yeah, it, uh, I wouldn't read too much into that. There are no yeah. international cricketers who fit that description. Now, yeah. if you take some of the subcomponents, absolutely, confidence. Without a question of a doubt, you're not going to succeed at an international level, especially at the highest level, if you're a captain, vice-captain, etc., unless you have a bucket load of confidence, and that confidence has to be felt. It's not, it can't be made up. Yes, you can um, fake it until to get you started, and it's important to fake it to get you started so that you get out of your comfort zone and try things that you would, would not normally do. But once you've got there, you have to have genuine confidence, which means you have to feel the confidence. And the only way that you feel true confidence is by having a history of success. And what you'll find is at the top level in anything, it doesn't matter what it is, let's and uh, I think uh, my my final question, and I think this is very important for all of us, not just cricketers, but I think this can be used by people from all in in all walks of life. Um, how does one convert pressure into performance in cricket and in and in normal walks of life? Okay, it's it's quite simple. What is pressure? Expectations. It's Probably. just a. Perception. Pressure is nothing more than a perception. If you perceive that there's a problem, there's a problem. If you perceive there's no problem, there's not a problem. So let's go a step further. Is it fair to say that you believe there's a thing called stress? Uh, perception, again, is the answer to that. Thank you. Well done. You're a quick learner. Obviously, prior to me, you believed there was a thing called stress. And I'm sure almost every single one of your listeners right now, if they're still listening, will believe there's a thing called stress. Well, guess what? There's not. So let's take Dhoni. I really admire that he was willing in a culture that is not particularly um, comfortable with the word psychology at the moment to talk about what he does. But I would not say I am 100% um, admiring of what happens to him at the moment when it comes to batting. Because the reality is he, his heart rate doesn't need to be up anything like what he's saying it is for the first few balls. Apart from having to walk out to the field and maybe he runs down the stairs or whatever he does, that will elevate his heart rate a little. The reality is most of the heart rate sounds like it's been elevated because of his thinking, but it doesn't mm. need to happen. If he trained with me and I taught him a whole lot of relaxation techniques, if you watch some of my cricketers, when they go out to bat, they have a routine as they go across the line. They have a routine when they bat, they have a routine when they bowl, they have a routine when they field. I can't tell you what the routines are, obviously, but they have a routine yeah. that they can do that puts them in the best optimal mind state to do their job better. And so that's what I would do with somebody with Donny, is once he's got my respect and he trusts me, then we would do these 66 sessions, 
but we would also create routines especially when he's going out to bat and what he would do in the first few overs so that his heart rate is nowhere near as high. So he has greater clarity of thought, so he's less likely to go out. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Brilliant. But this was fun. 2 a.m. in the morning. It's now 4.10 in this part of the world. Uh, We're into into the next day. But uh, I'd spend more and more hours chatting because this is wonderful and I've had a lot of fun. Thank you so much for your time, Adrian. My pleasure, mate. Uh, A lot of fun. A lot of fun. एड्रिन मिकिनमिन जैसे व्यक्ति से बात करके यही समझ में आता है कि हम अपने बॉडी का तो ध्यान रखते हैं, but we do not train the most important part of the body, which is the brain. जब हम मेंटल हेल्थ के बारे में बात करते हैं, एक चीज समझना बहुत जरूरी है. That therapy सिर्फ इसलिए नहीं होती जब आप एक कठिन समय को फेस कर रहे हैं, but it can also be to solve many things, just like Adrian said to actually improve yourself as a person. Next time जब कोई आपसे कहे कि उन्हें अच्छा महसूस नहीं हो रहा, उस विषय को lightly मत लीजिए। अगर आप अपने करीबी लोगों से बात नहीं कर सकते, then reach out to NGOs who are available and will listen to you. Just Google for these NGOs and you will find some NGOs. Closer to you in the place that you live. Alright, take care and Yadrakiye to follow www.cricketnews.com for all your cricket needs. Have a great week ahead. See you later. This Hub Hopper original ko sunne ke liye aapka shukriya. Agar aap bhi apna podcast launch karna chahte hain, to Hub Hopper Studio website pe register kare aur ek minute ke andar andar apna khud ka podcast launch kare. Yahi nahi, studio deta hai aapko puri azadi kahin bhi, kabhi bhi apna podcast launch karne ki sirf teen aasan steps mein. To saath mein apna podcast shuru karne ke liye taiyar, just hop on. Hub Hopper, simply content.